just became a raven. Your art matters. That's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen 122 episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is Season 6, Episode 16, Screenwriters Blues. But yet it's part two. I'm Drew Barrymore, and you're listening to The Ravens Podcast with Simon and Dom. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's episode for debate is Season 6, Episode 16, Screenwriters Blues. Dom, we're here for part two how are you? I'm very good. This is the first time we've ever done a part two, but it was due to a clerical error and I can only apologise to our wonderful guest that has joined us today. But I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. And it wasn't just, it was It was just a fault between between us two as, as, an, as an establishment, as a Ravens podcast. <laughs> but as always, of course, we don't want that to hinder anyone, anything that we're doing. So we're super grateful to get the opportunity to make it up. We are joined by One Tree Hill superfan, but also the the Don, the the Grandmaster of filming locations. I mean, I, I am in absolute awe. I mean, if two things that I really have a passion for is... Uh, collecting props and things from movies and tv shows but also i love the filming locations of things and no one does it better than our guest today which is mj so mj thank you so much for joining us again how's it going great thank you for that uh yeah i love it too it's super nerdy and i'm way too old for it but it's fun and i'm really glad that you enjoy my page but yes happy to be here thank you your page is the best and there's no age limit to enjoying this stuff i mean this is what it's all about is having uh like we all have our lives that can be a lot more serious and whatever the day-to-day stuff is we all need these outlets to uh it's almost like the the inner child in us can express themselves and that's kind of rejuvenating in a way to feel peaceful otherwise what are we doing this for like are we doing this to make spreadsheets all day dom are we tell me dom absolutely not <laughs> i don't like making spreadsheets at the best of times i'm not gonna do it at the worst so <laughs> <laughs> no this is this is what it's all about enjoying ourselves having fun finding something that we enjoy and and rolling with it uh so mj this episode is was is a great episode in season six it's uh we're really feeling the momentum of the show building because, I mean, evidently from anyone that's listened to us, we felt the dip in season five or felt some frustrations, let's say, with some of the plot points and characters and maybe that transition from high school into adulthood. But in season six, it really feels like it's it's hitting its groove and we're feeling settled. I mean, is that how you're feeling within the show at this point? This is my favorite episode of the season. I love this episode. I love season six. But I think I've told you before, and I know it's kind of shocking because no one likes season five, but 
I actually like season five a lot, but that didn't happen until I started watching it as an adult. When I watched the show while it aired and then maybe a little after that, I hated the season. Now, I don't know why. I just like it a lot more. Maybe it's just because you look forward to the transition of the characters. I don't know. But uh, but I did like season five, but season six is the bomb. And this is the best episode of the whole season for sure. So much fun. Well, and is is it the the elements of like the casting uh, for the you know for the movie and though and like seeing all the different brooks and all the different nathans is that is that part of of what you enjoyed about it do you think that plays a part it's interesting that you said that because i didn't really think about that until now but uh but yeah i do think that plays a part because i'm very interested in how things work behind the scenes and it's just kind of a little mini setup of that so yeah i think that does play a part that was really fun to watch definitely and dom we're a big fan of julian as as we put in uh you know we've said quite a lot MJ, is Julian up there for you? I mean, he's kind of emerging uh, at this point and we're kind of seeing more of his sort of true character. Were you always a fan of him from the start? Yes, I was. Um, I don't think there's ever really been a time that I haven't been, um, but he does change a lot. He changes a lot uh, throughout his tenure in the show and I really like all parts of it. Dom, do you like Julian? I can't remember if you do or not. You do, right? Yeah, yeah. Julian's a character that I've like, I've taken to quite well. And like Simon kind of hit the nail on the head um, when we talked about him either last week or the week before when he said like he's very honest and he's very upfront and he says things how, how they are. And, and that's what I like because that's what's always missing from this type of show, particularly One Tree Hill as well. They don't tell each other things and they hold it in and Brooke's like the classic one for it. She holds stuff in and she explodes at other people and they don't really understand what's going on. And then eventually, like towards the end of an episode or towards the end of a series, she like comes out with it. You know, the whole getting attacked like scenario, she held that in for so long and it was nobody really got it and understood. But with Julian, he's so open and upfront and like... Uh, even in this episode where Brooke's like, I'm not that kind of girl and like, you, you know, chucks things in his face. And, you know, the, uh, if you want the, the teenage Brooke where you can't have her and throws the, le- the Letterman jacket at him. It's just like great moments because he's always got a way of coming back at an argument, but in such a calm manner, so honest and open. But yeah, he's brilliant. I, I really like it. I hope he, he grows. I, I can see them as a little prediction, I guess, ha- having... Um, a future together uh, and him being the reason that they're stable because he's very level-headed and calm and I hope it it stays true Mm -hmm. well as always we will see (laughs) love the predictions we love the predictions yes but we can never validate him until we know until (laughs) he knows even then yeah the final episode of the one tree hill segment of this podcast will be us saying we validate you you've done we we can talk about it openly yeah congratulations that um and how did you feel about like the the dan jamie kind of aspect of this episode because that brand it brings a lot of comical points but it also brings some nice points like particularly when dan's saying you know you're my best friend don't you know that because he really is dan's like only real friend and like don was just saying about julian is dan is honest with him you know vegetables don't make you see in the dark you know that kind of thing (laughs) that's how you get women yeah right (laughs) 
I loved it. I love how their connection has grown. Um, I can't remember if Jamie fully understands what Dan did. I don't think so, but I can't remember. But um, but regardless, it is um, it's nice to see the way they've grown and and you can clearly feel how serious Dan is when he says that comment of "Don't you know that?" It's it's funny because it's just so strong. Like, are you kidding me? You you didn't realize that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, it's cute. I like it. Sorry, I am in my basement and I can hear my family running around up there. If it gets where you can't hear me, let me know and I'll move. <laughs> oh, we, we can't hear it. So that's okay. It's all good. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Yeah. Even if we could, it's good. This is a real podcast. This is about real conversations, you know, we're... How do you feel about joy eating on a podcast? So I don't know how you feel about dogs and children running across <laughs> floors. They <laughs> <laughs> see that there's the difference, right? Like, uh, dogs and people doing whatever that's that's fine because they don't know joy knows that she's got a microphone in front of her face you know you're doing this as a profession you're getting paid a lot i assume a lot of money dom we've had these conversations dom thinks so dom thinks they're getting some wedge out of this right 100 percent. they get they're making big bucks out of of their podcast so put the sandwich down for a minute just have that in a break okay you wouldn't <laughs> eat on, on set she wouldn't be eating a sandwich in the middle of filming a scene right like but well let, let's let's talk about um about joy or about uh Haley in this one i mean it's more of like supporting right um it, to to the other character oh and well with uh sam and the her essay. I mean, what did you what did you think, MJ? Do you think that she was right to publish it in though she was going to like potentially lose her job? Yeah. So this is one of my favorite parts of the whole episode. Um, I love that part. I think it's really cool to see her standing up for what she believes in. I'm not saying that I agree that sex and drugs is a good topic for high schoolers. Um, I do understand. The other side of that, you do have to represent um, your school and you can't just throw stuff like that out there. But I thought it was really cool to see that she was willing to put her job on the line for what she believed in. I've done something very similar in my career history and made it out on the the right side of things. So I I think that's really cool to watch that. Nice. It's, it, very. It, it's cool to feel like you're on the right side of that moment as well. Like I think people mm-hmm. phrase it as like the right side of history. Um, particularly when like you, you move you move forward and you change things that's very really cool kind of honorable thing so like well done to you for like doing doing something similar because it's a big step and i know like a lot of people would have hidden behind it and gone well like because even sam in the episode is like you don't have to do it don't put yourself at risk it's it's fine it's okay i mean there's a lot of like sam ignoring when when Haley's phone goes off and then later on sam gets a little bit ignored by by brooke but you, you know it's kind of made better eventually and and those relationships that she has with with Haley and um Brooke are really important for building her up and continuing her journey and and growing as this kind of bit more of a wholesome person because she's she's had a very fractured kind of broken childhood and and into her teens so Haley kind of making that step and and going I'm gonna do this this is this is gonna be the one 
if if this is the one great thing I do, then it's then then it's kind of good enough. And I think that's I think that's like a good moment. I I, I think definitely worthwhile picking this episode for that kind of moment alone. It is. It is that that moment is so powerful to me when she when she looks back at Sam and gives her the nod. That's that's my favorite scene. I love it. But uh, it just says so much. But I know you, <laughs> you don't think her character is the best teacher, but Joy as a performer. By this point, I have realized that she's a way better actress than I ever gave her credit for. She's very believable. And it's just something I never noticed the first time I watched. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't really into that part of it. But now when I watch her, especially in these later seasons, she's just really, really good. Mm. Uh, maybe not the best teacher as a character, but Joy is <laughs> a good performer. Like Haley is a great character. She does have, have some like really, really solid moments. She is a bit of a bad teacher and we joke about her being a bad <laughs> mum. but, uh, and the, the constant wanting to jump Nathan, but people have explained to us like me and Simon, we understand that he's a beautiful man, but people have had like, have explained to us that that's just a thing. Like anyone would. So like, I get it now. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> He's got good hair, he's got a good hairline, good physique, plays basketball. He's developed into being a much better person. He's a great I, human I, being now, isn't he? That is, it, it's got to be one of the best transitions or growth uh, developments of a character that, well, that I'm aware of anyway from like what I've seen. Um, like to where he was in season one to where he is now uh is, is incredible and i think that's part of what one tree hill represents is that well it says it in the theme song they pick the perfect song right that you're just trying to be the person that i don't want to be other than what i've been trying to be lately you know right it's trying to be who you are now in the present rather than being who you were in the past and that we can all grow and develop and that's what adolescence really is about and i think uh, a lot of people think of adolescence and that growing period we've spoken about this earlier on in the podcast that it's just those teenage years but really we're growing and developing from the time well through childhood and everything but from our teenage years through into like our early mid-20s I, I throw the whole 20s in there I mean does anyone really know what have a clue until they're at least 30 or so of what they're doing not i don't think so not really and I, I know that can be a gripe we have with the show sometimes that they're supposed to be like 22 23 and they're acting so adult and i think that only comes because uh it takes a look it takes a bit of time like life is hard get a <laughs> helmet <laughs> right yes the early 20s are definitely not when you have defined your life by any means exactly 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 i mean dom you uh took like a, a career change like a few years ago right in like your early 30s like and then this shit changes all the time yeah exactly uh, and you know nobody has a what i say i say nobody very few people have a clear 
direction and path that they, they're going to head in and follow you know uh, and remain committed to it so you know people go to university they do a, a subject that they they're interested in they don't know necessarily know how that you know they're going to take that on into something new or how it's going to grow and develop and then things just snowball and you fall into one thing you fall into something else and it just happens and you know some people are, are really lucky and really good and they, they find their kind of niche or they find something that they want to do and they go for it and they really go for it but there's there's some people in the world kind of like me that I, I just don't know I don't know what I want to do I, I'm lucky that I love what I do now I hated what I used to do for such a long time um so a, a change was well overdue but yeah I think there's there's a lot of people out there that are, um eventually find their way and there's a lot of people that don't so it's, it's just kind of a mixed mixed bag it just depends how things fall in life I suppose I have a 16 year old boy and we were, um, well, I was really wanting to push him into college and try to figure out what he wanted to do early on. And then it just hit me. I'm like, it doesn't matter what he says he wants to do now. It's not what he's going to want to do. So I don't know why I'm pushing some, you know, I do want him to know before he goes to college what he's going to study, but I'll guarantee you whatever he studies is not where he's going to land. It's just, it's too early to know what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He, he might, you know, he might go to college and pick, one subject and halfway through college he realize, realizes that he loves doing something else or he's discovered something else and wants to do that and you know fair play that's is what happens a lot a lot of people do it and I think we're kind of with Haley's path she's kind of doing exactly that so she's not scared to take that risk of being a teacher because she wants to be a great teacher but also she's really keen on heading back into her music life um and actually Nathan um for once Nathan got a lot of stick and I think Simon and I got a lot of stick for uh, not supporting Haley enough with her decision to go on tour with Chris Keller and kiss him and do all sorts of horrible things to <laughs> Nathan but we we got a lot of stick for not being on her side but uh, I'm gonna be on her side this time and, and Nathan's for for kind of pushing her towards that as well and being like it's okay to go and do that um I know that comes later but um yeah it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic works with him kind of on tour all the time, like playing yeah. basketball and, and then her on tour. But yeah, be interesting to see. And so to continue to flip over to where to Peyton and Mia, she's having this nightmare of trying to put the crib together. <laughs> um, and you know, the instructions are in Italian and Mia's Italian but doesn't really speak Italian or well we don't really know but it seems like she doesn't really know what's going on or she, is not interested saying she's pretend Italian that is not... <laughs> I'm saying that I don't know <laughs> she may be from Italian heritage but may not speak Italian or read Italian that's also two different things as well isn't it um but yeah what, what did you make of this MJ like how are you feeling about Peyton in these kind of early pregnancy stages. I think they just really needed to fill her in somehow and they couldn't figure out how so they threw in the crib thing. I don't know. It kind of annoys me that really the lack of knowledge. I mean, all new parents don't know what's going on. Um, but the, I don't know. It just really didn't fit the episode. Yeah. Uh I think you're spot on right. Like what really bugged me about it was um, she's literally got eight months before this baby arrives, but she had to do everything in that day. And it was so stressful. 
anyone would be stressed having to do like baby proofing and build the, the cot and do this and do that for the bit and register for gifts for the baby and the wedding, like all at the same time. That would be stressful, but I forgot about the register when they went to register. Exactly, that doesn't need to happen all in one go. And you've got you've got time. You've got she's got time. If she's got anything, Simon, she's got time. I mean, babies don't even aren't even crawling for such (laughs) a long time after being born. I mean, you the first six months like is so difficult. (laughs) Like, let's be real, it's so hard with the sleeping and all of the stuff. But what we can say is they're not like moving around. There's this shock that that I got anyway with when my son was suddenly able to move around. It's like, oh my god, how much easier was it a few months ago when he was stationary? Now he's <laughs> everywhere. Um, so she's got ages before she really needs to baby proof. And then she also like we said previously, he the baby wouldn't sleep in that cot for at least like six months until because they the baby would be in like the kind of like side cot to like your bed in the bed right yes mj you know what's up so it's like it's miles away and also skills are offered his services you could probably get mates rates on that and get that a bit cheaper or for free, you'd hope. You know, it's one of Lucas's best friends. Get Junk and Fergie in. They do nothing. Get them in. Come on. Like, think outside the box a bit, Peyton. Well, Fergie's disgruntled at this moment in time because he wasn't True. written in the movie. True, but don't pick, like, a fake Italian to come and build stuff for you. Get, get like, real people in. <laughs> That's cold, dog. <laughs> That's cold, dog. So sad. Sad. That was really sad. You should have added him in somewhere. Line. That's cold, dog. <laughs> I really wanted him on the podcast. I tried a while ago, like reaching out to him, and he had the right amount of followers to be able to be accessible to the podcast. He had like maybe five thousand or something. It's like, okay, let's make this work. <laughs> but Instagram doesn't work the way it used to. If you send a message to someone that doesn't follow you back, it just gets hidden in like junk. So I don't really know how to make it happen. But have have you met him, MJ? You've met everyone. Yeah, I met him at uh, actually my sister and I were just talking about this place today um, because apparently the building is condemned. But it's I met him at a it was a club of like mini club called Ziggy's in Wilmington. At one point, it was a strip club. It was actually the strip club that was in, I think it was season three when Haley had her bachelorette party. And there's just like a, a pink light with a dancer or something on it. But anyway, it was the strip club. Um, and then they turned it into several other businesses. But they had a convention there. I think it was a company called Inside One Tree Hill, like a long time ago when I went to a convention. Um, and they had a couple of people roaming around and he was one of them. So I got to meet him there. He's funny. I think he was probably three sheets to the wind, but uh, but he was funny. <laughs> nice he was having a good night he was in in the words of x have a good night (laughs) (laughs) but not so creepy he was just enjoying himself he was boozy (laughs) hey boozy (laughs) yeah excellent okay and how do you feel about james vanderbeek oh my gosh love love his character It, it would not be the same without him 
And you know, I've seen things that he's in, but you really just point him back to Dawson's Creek when you think of him. To, so to see him out of that element is really fun. Um, I love it. Love his character. This might seem like a, a very obvious question, uh, and I, th- I think Simon's mentioned it before, but are you a, as big a Dawson's Creek fan as you are One Tree Hill? Uh, I know you obviously do locations in Wilmington. They're, they're one in the same, One Tree Hill. I love to see the locations. Uh, when I go to Wilmington, it's with my sister, and that's her favorite show. Oh, am I cutting out? No, no, you're there. You're with Still us. Here. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, the screen froze. Yeah, so that's her favorite show. Um, so we do go look at all the locations. I just didn't like it as much. It didn't have as much of an impact to me. I mean, it was good, but definitely not comparable. Nice. Cool. Have you Don, seen it Don all like... Have I seen what? Sorry. Dawson's Creek. Never, never watched it. I've, the I, next I, podcast. I know you guys have talked about doing it, but that's, that's the one you're going to have to do. I keep toying with the idea because it would, it would keep a lot of our listenership <laughs> interested at least, but um yeah, I think like like we've said before, I just I'll do anything to er- erase Lex. No, I'm kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> She's marvelous. That that is the problem, though, right? Is that if we we're worried that when we finish One Tree Hill, if we go to do like Lost or Prison Break or something that changes the genre, will we lose the our listeners because they want their kind of '90s, early 2000s teen drama? We should do Gilmore Girls. That'd be do less Vampire traumatic. Diaries. Have you oh, thought about that? Vampire Diaries. Yeah, do that no, one. My wife loves that, though. Oh, she could join she us. Does. Yes. She's probably like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I don't know. Contain your audience, I think. I think it's along the same lines. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. But selfishly, I want to do the shows that I want to do, you know. And so, <laughs> Dom, like, not even the shows Dom wants to no, do, I get shows that I want to do. Yeah. But no, we're going to, we got to work something. I, I like the idea of doing Dawson's Creek again because then it's funny because it's like I would be the one re watching it and Dom would be the first viewer. So it, it would be, it could work. Um, and Dom would be so angry. <laughs> Yes. Like all of the time, yes. all of every episode, he would be mad, and that would be fun in its own yes. way. Yes, considering what irks him on One Tree Hill, yeah, he would be a mess. We need to do it. It would be <laughs> so, really fun. <laughs> hey, Dom, do you want to commit to like three another three years worth of being mad and disgruntled? I mean, I think it's going to be another like thirty plus years. So why not? <laughs> Seasons in that one, you'll be good. Put it on the tab. Yeah, why Put not? it on the tab. <laughs> okay, and MJ, you're also in the minority with me of being a Lucas fan, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about his um, introduction into doing the movie stuff? Like, How do you think he's faring up in this episode? I think it's good. I like... Uh... I really like the interactions that he has with Julian, uh, considering the history there. It could have gone in a different direction, and I like the way they wrote it uh, for them to kind of have that connection. Um, I think he's fun partnering with James Vanderbeek. Um, I think that their characters just kind of play off of each other really well. Um, but 
I like that he he keeps his integrity with with the show um, and he doesn't let anything get to him. And, and really, he kind of makes the integrity the focal point before he moves on to anything else. Like he's not going to let someone rewrite it or change things. And, and I think that's fun. And what, what about Brooke? So within this, she's upset about the character description being that Brooke's about sex, sex, sex. And it's one of the, I think, Dom, you put it well uh, when we spoke about this previously, about how it's a bit of a cycle at the moment of where uh, Brooke misunderstands something that Julian has said and then he makes her kind of see reason or see the point of, well, it wasn't meant like that. Let me do it this way. Here's a sweet moment. And then their bond is a little bit uh, more cemented. Um, is that how you see it as well, MJ? I think we needed that, needed something like that to bring their their relationship to a different point. Um, if that's what you're speaking to, I think that it's annoying to me that she's mad about it because it really is who she was. It's just all she was about was sex is what it seemed like when she got mad about the backseat thing. I was like, well, that was your signature move. So don't know why you're getting mad about it. But I do think they needed that drama um, to seal their connection, their relationship and kind of bring it to the next place. Is that, is that how you feel about it too, Dom? Yeah. I think in, kind of relationships like theirs there's she she kind of goes a bit off the rails doesn't she she like shoots to 100 very quickly and he's he's really good at bringing her back down to like 50 or maybe 20 and just like whoa 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 you know let me just explain and 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 calm things down but she's very she's incredibly fiery character um isn't she isn't and she's she's just got a lot of emotion everything that she does is built on emotion out of something you know whether it's fighting with a mom or fighting with Peyton or fighting with Lucas. There's, 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 you know, issues with Brooke, issues with, um, Chase, issues with you know, and Owen and all that stuff with Rachel. There's just, everything is, is like incredibly emotional. And it, it was only kind of the time after she'd been attacked that like emotion started to, it became very fact. Everything was factual with her. Uh, and that quickly kind of went away and, and she's now back into that emotional stage and I think that's probably because she's starting to see herself as a mum but she's very young and but she's she's trying to fit two types of emotion in her life which is be a young woman who's in her very early 20s trying to be successful and and do things and learn and move on in her life but also be a kind of guardian and protector of of a child um which is which is completely different so she's like all over the place uh, and Julian is just like the most steady pair of hands in the world, isn't he? He's just like, I'm going to tell you one thing and it will calm you right down and, and it would work. I, I'd quite like him to come and calm me down sometimes. I think it would be, he'd be good. He'd be like, I'm freaking out about something. He'd be like, don't worry about it. You know, the, the you know, look at this. This is ABC. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. Thanks for fixing my life, Julian, in like three sentences. <laughs> Here's the yin she has a wall. You can see that she's got a wall up and he's trying to bring her back down and, and get past that. Um, pointing out his past, like, hey, yeah, you have a past. This movie is literally about your past. So, you know, we're going to talk about it here, but it doesn't mean that's who I think you are now. Here's my past. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And obviously we only get, we only know Brooke 
uh, in the obviously like at the post season four, but um, we only really know Brooke the the high school years. So the, everything that is categorized, and unlike her, the 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 girl that's playing Brooke is very irritating, but spot on. Like it's got it so right and does it really well. Like even like sounds like her, like like and and jokes about the raspy voice as well, which I'm so glad that that was put in. Like, I know they have a lot of, like, in-jokes of, like, Lucas's eyes and, like, squintiness and stuff, but adding the raspy voice joke uh, about Brooke was, was brilliant. I felt like, what a great touch. Like, well done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and at the end, we get to see the table read, and so we see, you know, who's going to play Y.E. and who's playing Keith, and also to see your life uh, being sort of portrayed in front of you like you're and and again like what we've been saying the whole point of one tree hill is about the evolution of yourself as a person so if say brooke is where she is now as feeling better within herself or more self-aware let's say and then looking back at that past version of herself that potentially was uh i don't know doing things for attention or insecure or whatever it may be where she wasn't comfortable with herself that must be hard to see acted out in front of you so you could understand that I, w- I wonder if maybe they could have played on that a little bit more whether she could have said hey actually it's hard it's not necessarily that this character description isn't correct but it's hard to see that that's who I was because actually underneath this that's how sad I was or how much fear I had for not fitting in in school or having to do this or whatever it may be obviously she did fit in school but I mean that uh she was if she was acting as her true self she'd be acting as how she is now Mm. back then if that makes sense Mm -hmm, that's a good point excellent I got one I got one good point in free (laughs) podcasts (laughs) write it down (laughs) <laughs> yeah write it down there's a point um well uh, i'm just checking are there any other characters that we haven't really touched upon who have we have we hit them all we spoke about dan spoke about jamie spoke about nathan did we speak about nathan yes we did it's beautiful we said about that uh, we, we, yeah. we just talked about nathan and his body and his body <laughs> yeah. we didn't really talk about him and his journey in this episode so we could we could cover that Right, so, uh, yeah, for what, oh, we, start, yes, right, so Devon, uh, who is now oh, cut yeah. from the team. Forgot about that scene. And the whole thing here was, as Devon is, I have a family, it's not just you, 12, that has a family, but, so why did you tear up Nathan's family pictures? It only actually helps to villainize you further. Like, mm. surely you should have some understanding here. So actually, <laughs> fuck you. Off yeah. you go. Uh, <laughs> see you later. But, uh, but Nathan feels sad. He has, like, a conscience about it, which, again, goes to show his development as a character because old Nathan in season one wouldn't have cared about that. It was all about himself. So, yeah. I mean, how do you feel about nathan's storyline in this mj i like that they finally let him start and and got rid of devon it was annoying me that devon was doing stuff like that and they weren't really doing anything about it i mean you can't do that you can't act like a jackass and 
act like you're better than everybody and rip up people's family pictures and that just gets swept under the rug. I mean, that's not behavior you can have in a setting like that. Uh, so I'm glad they finally did that. I did think it was extreme, but I thought it was uh, well played when, uh, is it Bobby? Is that the coach? When he says, oh, yeah. say his name proud. That's Bobby. Bobby. That's my man. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When he says, well, you know, this is a business. You have a family. I have a family or so do we, whatever he says. I mean, that that's very factual. And yeah, it sucks, but you're looking for the people who are going to get the job done. Um, there's other things that he can do later. You know, this is just not, not his place. It was extreme, but I think it was, uh, it was a good point that they made. I, I mean, I like obviously to see, Nathan being empathetic about it. He's like, whoa, like I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting you to bench him maybe, but not fire him. Um, I do like to see the empathetic side of it, but um, I think I feel like I saw him in an airport. I know off topic, but I was like, oh, you know this guy. And I, I never figured out if it was him or not. I wasn't going to go up and be like, hey, were you in Montreal? But I'm pretty <laughs> sure I saw him in the airport not too long ago. Bobby, yeah, he's Bobby in an airport. Oh, Devon. Okay, okay, okay. He's he's got a large following. I went to reach out to him, and he had like a hundred thousand people. And I was like, <laughs> nope, not even going to bother. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Don't try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he must have gone on to to do to do other other cool things. Um, I I just want to yeah. point out one one thing that I think Nathan is very much a product of his environment, and like Bobby is like a very caring sort of coach and person, and Haley is the most influential but other than now Jamie who's the most influential character in the whole s- series um but Haley has been the most influential character kind of in his life up until this point because it was Dan and then Haley Haley took the reins and took that over because previous if Dan was still the, the most influential character he would be completely ruthless he wouldn't care about Devon he would have torn the pictures up he would have done you know he would have done all these things as well he wouldn't give a shit if he got cut he wouldn't have cared but because Haley's in his life he has that uh, like empathetic side he has that caring nature he has that you, you know that kind of element of wanting to help people that wasn't there before so in the respect that she's willing to lose her job for Sam he's willing to fight for someone who's a total dick and doesn't deserve it because he feels like that's the right thing to do whereas three seasons ago he wouldn't have bothered it wouldn't have even been a thing so I think he's very much a product of his like surroundings and who who kind of holds the reins of his um attention at the time mm-hmm. yeah well said Dom you get one pitting the tick <laughs> in the Dom right <laughs> yeah excellent okay well mj let's get some of your some of your ratings so we we have our judgments that we put in so i have you listened to what to this episode you have so you know what we said and i didn't want to pick any of the same things that you guys did but some of them are the same it's like i can't help it it's my favorite so they are but maybe the reasons are different yeah, well, we it's no, it's good. We want it if if it's the same, then that's perfect. We want to know, and we want to know the reason for all of it. So let's let's go through yours, and then we want to know obviously your rating. So who who was your favorite performer of the episode? 
My favorite performer is Haley, and I don't think anybody chose Haley, but um, Haley, and it, I think it's because it was an outstanding performance um, with the SA piece, but in particular, like I said earlier, when she does the nod, I, I just love it. There's so much unspoken there that's so powerful. I love it. She's like, yep, I did it. Yes, I'm about to get fired. It was the right thing to do. We can all smile and be happy about it, but it was just um, such a good performance, so I chose her as my favorite performer. And she re- and you touched on it earlier about how Joy just is a really good actress, and she really is. I mean, and I've seen her in um, Joy. Yes, I said Haley. Of- I meant Joy. Sorry. That's a, we we knew we knew what you meant. Um, she she was in a couple episodes of Dexter, and F and I watched through Dexter um, during lockdown, and she's great in that as well. And it's like a you know a different character. Like I think she she is really talented. Do you remember her in Dexter Dom? You've seen Dexter. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. I, I I can't remember her at all. But she like dates him a few times, like in like the later seasons. Oh, I can't remember. I'd have to go back and watch it again. But well, that'd just be an afternoon for you, wouldn't it? But <laughs> yeah, I'll see not what I can through do. eight. Se- see what not I can through do eight seasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, who is your favorite? Anything else? I don't think. Um... Maybe a Christmas movie or something. I don't know. I don't think I've seen her in anything else. So I might have to watch it. Yeah. Oh, Dexter. Have you seen any of Dexter? Yeah. Oh, man. It's it good. is a really good show. It's good. All right. I'll, I'll write that on my list of things to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good one. She's only in like a couple of episodes, but I mean, that show in general is really good um that would be a good one the podcast one day for Mm. sure but it'd have to be episode by episode because so much happens but um (laughs) yeah watch it let us know what you think or who's your favorite character of the episode 100 percent reese or adam adam reese 100 percent um his lines were delivered so well and um i'm not really certain that anyone could deliver them the way he did so he's also kind of one of my favorite performers but uh but his character it's just it wouldn't be the same without him i think it was very necessary to kind of break the ice a little bit um they had so much drama it's good to have the fun behind it um but he is definitely my favorite character of the show um shout out to james vanderbeek for being able to do that so well what if our set decorating legendary friend Matt Sullivan comes through with the trouser hound uh, poster artwork, would if would you want would you want us to send it to you? Like, would you print it and put it up yes. in your basement somewhere? Yes. Okay, got you covered. I think I think with if we if we yes yeah, go in there, Dom. I'm <laughs> I'm confident that he's gonna come through with it. If people, when Trouser Hound arrives, and I'm sure it's going to, I feel so confident. I'm not going to, I can't, I'm not going to put it on Patreon or anything for people to download because I feel like he's sent it to, he he would have sent it to us. So we can't just like be, but we can email it to you. So when I, when, when I get it, (laughs) if people want it, I will put a thing out and say, message me and I'll email it to you directly but the promise has to be that you can't share it. You can print it for yourself, but you can't put it on the internet or anything. But yes, how would you go the full size? Like, you know, like this kind of size? Yes, I will. 
I'll put it in my okay. uh, my what... office upstairs. Dom's gonna have it there, just behind his TV, so full size. We'll be able to see. It. Yes. I just have to cover it up whenever I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, who is your favorite background performer? One line or less. Um, Dom, I know you said this at a different point. Maybe not as the one line or less. I think it was your favorite line, but the the sappy Peyton. Um, when she says, why do people always leave? I think that that was good insight to how a script works. So if you were to read a script of Peyton, that's exactly how you would read it and, and probably act it out if all you had to go by was the script. But we know she's, well, she may be a little like that, but she's not really like that, real sad, like that depressed. Uh, but the girl read the script and that's how she read the line. So I thought it was really funny. Spot on. Absolutely. Like, I totally agree. Like if, if I was given that, like you're, you're a bit of a kind of loner character, a bit darker, you're always a bit sad. You, you've got an absent father. You've had two mums that have died. Read that line. Why do people always leave? I would do exactly that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> nice. Well said. That's, per that's perfect. Wow. And that transitions perfectly onto what was your favorite line of the episode? It's a short one, but when Lucas says mine too, after Reese or the the Peyton that didn't get the job says, uh, I'll totally sleep with you. And Reese says, you just made my decision really easy. And Lucas says mine too. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's a very Lucas line. Mm -hmm. That's a very, <laughs> I have my integrity line. Yeah, for sure. I like the way he said it. Yeah. And what about your favorite uh, song of the episode it was everybody else you found me by the fray but the reason is because i love this episode so much every time i hear the song it takes me back to the table read which i think is so much fun and it takes me back to the moment where Haley does her nod um so when i hear the song on the radio that's what i think of. and nice. the song was perfect i think for the moment it doesn't really the lyrics of the song don't really go with the place they put it but i think a song needs to bring a certain emotion to the scene and, and it does even though the lyrics don't really fit it it was just really good in that moment yeah definitely very cool and then last but not least is the precious precious rating so mj did you have a number in mind before we started this conversation yeah. Did it increase, decrease, or stay the same? Stay the same. Okay. Well, I'm going to say, because this is the first time we've done a part two, that the ratings are reopened. Okay. Mm. So, though though we though we established a nine, we established a nine, right? We did. Yes. Yeah, so we established a nine. Um, but this is, this is coming into the debate. So, you have sway on up down the same <laughs> dom it's reopened okay understood the ballot the ballots are here <laughs> so okay after three dom and i will obviously we're staying we're at our nine but that's here yours after three one two three ten, ten okay <laughs> i know the crib scene is bad but is it really that bad where it would bring it down a point 
that answer it, Dom. Uh, you've, you've been challenged. You've been challenged. I, think I have been gauntlet thrown down. I just think Peyton's whole like. I think I said it at the end of the other episode. Like Peyton's whole journey for this episode was a bit of a waste of time, to the point of saying I'm I'm a bit lonely. I want Lucas to be with me at the important moments, and and they should have worked on that better. Um. We did have to know she was feeling that way. We, we, yeah, true. It's difficult. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I think it's like a solid nine. I'm not sure about 10, but I understand this is like your, this is your episode and you love this episode. So it's hard. It would be impossible for me to convince you otherwise. So I, Simon, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Help me. I'd go, I'd go to a 10. Fuck you up. Of course, <laughs> I, I would. I th- like I, I think, would. I think on reflection, like uh, we had a great conversation with with Sophie on the episode. I think this conversation has been great as well, and there's like so many points brought up and and drawn up. But is it ten? Is it three fifteen sixteen worthy? We had to get the. <laughs> the Peyton's feelings out of the way. Like we don't want to drag that on. Right. So yeah, she's got eight months, whatever, but we don't really want to drag on her sappy feelings. They got to get it out. So it's good. They went ahead and got it out. We can just brush past it and pretend that that wasn't really there. Is it a 10 if that wasn't there? (laughs) It was a good episode. I'll give it that. Yeah. Like, and James Van Der Beek was great. The Haley stuff, great. like you've really, you've really talked me around on the Haley stuff as well in this episode. To be fair, and Nathan is a beautiful well, man. Haley, so that's really uh, good. It's worth another and point. Bo- and Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Devon is gone. Bobby was just like, "Hey, Devon, fuck you. See ya. <laughs> Done." Bobby just makes shit happen. Bobby would say, "This is a 10. Just accept it. Uh, okay, I will. I will go to ten. I I think you've convinced me. Mom ever rated a ten? <laughs> I will rate. I will rate your episode a ten. His, I think. his had a his had a couple tens over oh. the time, but not for a long, not, not for a while. For I don't. A, yeah. I don't not think in season I'm, six. Potent- no. I maybe not in season five either. Like I don't know if he's had a ten since high school. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so there you go. You've made history, MJ. You've made history. You did it, MJ. What's in the safe behind you? Is oh, it the God. champagne? Is it in the? Sh- is it the champagne that you're gonna pop for getting a ten? Yes, tons of money, just lots of cash. When you open it, it just pours out everywhere. No, no. guns. It's guns. It's guns. Okay, good. We they were the children, guns that were gonna so... shoot. They're gonna shoot Dom if you didn't <laughs> give a ten. Bringing out the weapons, you know. We have kids, so we keep them locked away. Yeah, yeah. No, it looks like a really cool safe, though. It's like one that you would like put the your ear to with like a you know some sort of equipment where you'd be working out how to break into it, you know, in some sort of spy movie. I love it. Your basement's dope. I love like the wood on the side and everything. Thank you. Yeah, I like the wood. Um, 
it, it was a really, really bad basement. So um, it's come a long ways. It was just a space that was wasted. We didn't use it. We just kept junk down here. And then finally we're like, all right, let's do something with that. Wait, you kept junk down there. What about Fergie? You just kept him on his own. <laughs> Sorry, dad jokes. Oh, no. Dad jokes. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, then this one officially is in the book as a 10. Yes. My gosh, you changed the rating, MJ. Yeah. You had that effect. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Again, we, we can only apologize for, for the mishap, but so glad that I'm we got to do it, it this way. All good. Yeah, and we we can't wait to have you back uh, in season seven for the next one. And uh, as always, just great insight. Great to speak with you. We can't wait to see you in person when we eventually make it out to Wilmington for the finale. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be get there. the beers in. Yes, it's going to be good time. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Appreciate you guys. It was fun. Yeah, thank you so much for joining MJ uh, again. It was brilliant talking to you, and you're one of very few that have convinced me to change my number <laughs> to go higher as well. So well done! I, like you're you're spot on with your kind of like insights and kind of like assessment of the characters in the episode, and uh, it's great to talk to people that are like truly like passionate one about the show, but two about a particular episode, and we can see that uh, in you in this episode, and it's brilliant. So thank you so much for joining. All right, guys. I'll talk to you next time. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa! Before whoa. you go anywhere, Dom has to do our Ravens chants and send us out. So, what accent, impression, character? Who do you want him to be to hit the Ravens chant? Um, bro. Oh. <laughs> okay. Get that. Get the impression that of Dan. So I like for him to do Paul Johansson, but I know he did that recently. <laughs> Brooke, um, Brooke's not too far away from that to be fair it's a bit like <laughs> okay <laughs> okay everybody <laughs> so bad okay we're gonna do Ravens on three are you ready one two <laughs> three Ravens Ravens <laughs> oh my god that was terrible <laughs>